Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey love, welcome to the Selfish Bay Podcast, aka Selfish Talk, hosted by me, Olenike OC. Selfish Babe is a personal development and women's lifestyle brand dedicated to women learning how to selfishly and authentically love themselves. On this podcast, expect to have your mind expanded, curse words said, and to gain a new perspective about who the fuck you are. Let's get into it. The Selfish Babe Selfish Talk podcast is sponsored by my company, Goddess Detox. Goddess Detox is a holistic wellness company dedicated to providing women with self-love-inspired products to physically, spiritually, and emotionally detox. If you are a woman wanting to detox her ex, detox negative emotions, as well as to get more in tune with yourself and your vagina, check out our Goddess Vaginal Detox Pearls, as well as our Queen's Theme and Queen's Throne Combo, which is the in-home vaginal steam set for your convenience. You can find out more information on our products at goddessdetox.org, as well as follow at goddessdetox on Instagram. Tell them Olenike OC sent you. Hey, beautiful Selfish Babes, it is our only gay ocean back with another Selfish Babes Selfish Talk podcast. And I am so happy to bring you Juju Bay from A Little Juju Podcast. Hey, hello. Now, let's see the Selfish Babes know more about you. Tell us about yourself. So, my name is Juju, like you said, host of A Little Juju Podcast and also Juju Bay, which is my brand. I'm a spirit worker. I'm a conjurer. Um, I practice various African traditional religions. And I always just like to bring people into my world, into my spirituality, to know that we're all connected together and that we have magic within us. So that's my work around finding our own magic. A conjurer. Wow. A conjurer is someone that's able to kind of bring about and manifest someone who is able to repel someone who is able to manipulate the energy around them to be able to create a reality that they want or that I want or that you want. And we are all conjurers in our own way. It's creation. Being able to create. Sounds like manifestation to you. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So Juju Bay uh, also has the gift of, you know, really beautiful voice. And so on her podcast, A Little Juju Podcast, she has an introduction that has been very popular, so popular that her audience was like, where's the full track? And so she actually came out with the full track. And so I want to play a little bit for the selfish page listening. And she's also going to tell us where uh, we can actually find the whole thing. All right. So get ready. It's called A Little Juju. And you can also find it on her podcast. <laughs> All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju. All you need is All you need All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju, a little juju, a little juju. A little juju is the way 
It's how I start my day. So as you guys can see, uh, he's very talented. It's giving me a shoe vibe. If you guys don't know shoe, but a shoe band. But you know, video shoe energy, but and talking about like the musical artist of shoe. Um, so I'm really glad that you are able to express your gift of, of your actual singing voice in that way and that you're able to gift us with your voice. So thank you so much for recording. <laughs> thank you for that. Oh my God, that was so nice and sweet. Thank you. <laughs> and I feel you with the Oshun energy. Actually, when I was recording, I was like, this reminds me of Oshun. Yes. <laughs> I'm glad. Question. So anytime you hear the song, you say no camp, you said no stage camper. Is that what you're saying? Oh, yeah, yeah, I said camphor, no sage, yeah. Explain that part, because my ass has been like, is she saying camphor? Is that an herb? And, like, why? So yeah. can you, like, tell me about that? Yeah, so I say camphor, no sage, because sage right now is one of the most overused, over-harvested um, herbs that we can use when cleansing our spaces. And it's because, like, spirituality is popular right now, too. So different um, companies and brands have all been trying to sell it. Sephora and Urban Outfitters, everyone's selling sage, so it's over-harvested. And so when we're actually doing work around spirituality and working with the land and our environment, we don't want to use herbs that are being produced in a way that's unethically. So there's so many other herbs, there's so many other ingredients that we can use. So camphor is a really, really good, it's not an herb, it's like a little comes in blocks but it can also come in oil and burning that is actually a really really strong way to clear of negative energy um it's a really really powerful way that um ancestors specifically um black ancestors from the united states were, would use to kind of clear space and clear energy so i prefer to use camphor and not sage because it's more ancestrally relevant to me and it actually does a better job than i find sage does Online, you can find it online anywhere. It's literally like three dollars in the little box. Or my friend said you could get it at like drugstores. So I was looking like. Okay. I like that. I'm pretty sure she's saying that, but I'm yeah. not sure. So I'm glad I have you here to ask. Yeah, <laughs> that was a great question. Great question. <laughs> All right. So as you know, selfish babes. Anytime I bring in a guest, I want to know. You know what has that selfish babe been through, right? Because you're just going through a similar thing right now. And just because the current selfish babe explains what she has been through doesn't mean that that has come and she's not still going through it, but it's about how she's managing it. And so today, I want to know what is one obstacle or traumatic experience that you have been through that has brought you closer to yourself? Yeah, that's a good question. So I have, there's, I mean, I have dealt with depression and anxiety and also post-traumatic stress disorder for most of my life. It's hard for me to even think of a point where I have not been dealing with, actively dealing with major depression. Mm -hmm. um, and so as someone who has experienced that since childhood and also has had regular suicide attempts um, and have been hospitalized for that because I didn't feel connected to my surroundings. I didn't feel like I was doing enough in my life. I didn't feel the love that I was desiring. I'm mean, also just having experiencing 
a variety, varying levels of trauma and abuse. You know, in taking all of that for a young girl, a young black girl is like, there's no reason for me to be here anymore. Mm-hmm. And so I think um, trying to navigate that through going to therapy, of course, and, and trying to find a strong group of friends who I've made my family. And then also my spiritual connection was crucial in pulling me out of, or at least helping me manage my depression that I've, I haven't even, since I've started engaging in this work more intentionally, I haven't even crossed my mind to not want to be here because I know I have a duty. Like I, I, there are things that I love about life and I'm so grateful and I wake up in gratitude. And I don't think I would have found that if I didn't intentionally like find a spiritual practice that worked for me and I didn't connect with my ancestors. I like that. Yeah. Post-traumatic stress disorder. In what way? Like, what were you experiencing that you would say you experienced PTSD? Yeah. So I actually never really thought about my own abuse as a child. And I still think that that's something that I'm still coming to terms with, like, as you see me now to this day. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that that was for sure a contributing factor. And also just, like, having really... um, like I was like robbed at gunpoint, for example. Um, I don't know, maybe a few years ago, no, 2013, maybe. Um, and so t- PTSD from that, and just like different things that are just like, why is it something consistently always happening to me? Like when I was at, I attended Spelman College in Atlanta. And when I was in Atlanta, like I got in trouble for like, smoking weed and then I almost got I felt like I was gonna get kicked out of school and it was this whole thing and then I had to leave school for a while and come back. So I like it was just consistently something. Yeah. So I think all of those experiences kind of contributed to my PTSD at the time. Okay. And how would you describe like how did your depression show up and how did your anxiety show up? So we can talk about depression and anxiety, but I know it can manifest in disabilities for people. So for you would you be able to kind of describe what a day of depression is or what an experience of anxiety is for you. Yeah. Ooh, so with my depression, I think it would look a lot like not getting out of the bed, kind of very just low feeling, low energy. I didn't feel connected to many people or anything that I was doing. Um, there was no goal. I wasn't goal oriented at all. Like I didn't feel like there was anything for me to live for. So then there's nothing for me to work for. So then there's nothing for me to even wake up and get out of the bed for. Mm. So I think that's, that's really how my depression showed up and my anxiety, which is (laughs) still around, (laughs) is more so consistently telling me that I'm not enough. You know, that it is always just feeling like I'm not enough Mm. and that I'm not, um, just feel like I'm not doing what I need to do. Like I'm never where I'm supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And I found that my spirituality has always like have grounded me in no, I'm actually exactly where I need to be right now. And that's okay to be there. I was going to ask you, how do you feel like you've been affirmed that you are not where you are exactly where you need to be? Yeah. So my ancestors, like I have such a deep, strong connection to ancestors and spirits and my religion and spirituality. And I think um, that spiritual connection to them and taking time to really communicate with them, because that's what I do. I'll be talking to dead people Um, and communicating with them. It has allowed me to understand that I am so loved beyond this moment, beyond what I may feel around me. Like I am loved through other dimensions like I am loved by people who birthed me so that I could be here 
You know, when I think about all of the things that my ancestors have been through and all of our ancestors have been through for us to be here, like, it's almost like, how dare I take that for granted? Like, how dare I feel like I'm not enough when I know that these people went through something beyond anything that I could ever fathom? Like, how dare I? So that has grounded me in like, oh no, I am popping and I'm enough and I am their wildest dreams, like people always say. So I'm ancestors first. I'm glad. Yeah, Ancestor Venation is very important to me, too. It wasn't until, like, after undergrad, I haven't put up a shoe for undergrad, then I went to FAMU. Okay. But when I had went to FAMU, that's when, like, you know, I saw my professors, and we talked about Black psychology, which I never knew existed, and they had all these, like, beaded necklaces come to turn out their electrons, and they're actually priestesses, and I'm just like, oh, this is different. And learning about ancestor generation, which is for me, it is talking to my ancestors that are a big character, is, you know, communing with them, having an altar for them, a space for them that I pray, you know, that I pray with, and knowing that they work in my life. And so for me, ancestor veneration is very important. I think for me, my own personal spiritual practice, that is like the most important thing is for me to honor my ancestors, because I know that they work with me greatly. I know that they open doors for me, you know? Yep. And so, again, like, from what you said, just about thinking about what they have gone through, right? And how we're here in this existence and how we have all this, this more freedom. We have more freedom. So I know that the things that I'm doing, the joys that I experience, that maybe they never got a chance to experience because they were relationship, they are proud. So I'm really happy to be diving into this podcast in terms of talking about that and your own personal spiritual journey. I do want to ask another personal question. It's just so the selfish babe out there who may have been going through the same thing or is currently going through the same thing. How many, I want to talk about your experiences being hospitalized. And I also want to talk about how many suicide attempts, if you remember, that were actually done. Yeah. So my first one, I remember I was about 13, 14. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wasn't, I actually haven't been hospitalized for many of them because people around me did not know. Yeah. Um, only one time I reached out to a friend and I was like, hey, I need help. <laughs> right now. But, um, I think the first time I was, I was 14, um, my first attempt and like with overdosing, trying to overdose clearly failed. <laughs> but I remember waking up and being so upset at myself for failing at something else. Like even like even just waking up and being alive, mm. I was pissed again. And it brought me into an even deeper depression. Um, and so I think- I'm gonna interrupt you on that part. That one, nobody knew about? Eventually, mm-hmm. people did know. Um, because it's actually interesting. And for, I can't even think of how, what grade you're in when you're like 14. But I remember my other friend was going through the- yeah. So my, yeah, eighth grade. So my other friend was going through depression too, because her father had just died. So we were both just like two depressed people just hanging out and just talking about dying. And one day I went to school that the night, you know, the morning I woke up for school when I was not dead, I was very drowsy, but I was not dead. And I went to school and I said, you know what? We need to tell someone that we are living like this because mm-hmm. we cannot continue to live like this. And we told, and I told my school counselor, I was like, we're going to the counselor. We told her. And so that's when my family kind of was like, oh, okay. Like we knew you were super quiet, we did, but we didn't know what was going on. And I think also having to deal with 
at least on my end, a family that some of my family understood, but some of them also being like therapy, depression, what? Those don't exist. We're black. Like, and I was told that by family. Like, we're black. So, yeah. And then I think the- the Oh, I'm going to pause you real quick. For any selfish that doesn't understand what she just said, when a family member has told her we're black, what they mean is like, we're black. Those, we don't get therapy. That doesn't happen to us. That's people. They do that. And so a lot of times, especially in African-American culture or Afro-Caribbean or any type of African diaspora culture, it's like therapy as well as mental illness or whatever is not really talked about. It's not a thing that we do. It's a lot. Now it's becoming more open. A lot more people are talking about it. A lot more women are going to therapy. But from her, when she was experiencing that, it was just like, you don't do that. So what are you talking about? And it's kind of like shoved under the rug. Mm-hmm. That's it. and that's exactly what was told to me. We are black. I never even heard of that happening. Like mm-hmm. what? And then that was the end of the conversation. Yeah. Um. So obviously, when you're in an environment like that, it wasn't cultivating my mental health or my healing, and so that's why it continued even through college, being super suicidal through college, and then graduating college and moving to Chicago, where I am now. And that was the first attempt that I did where. Um, I had done, I had taken a whole bunch of pills and I was like, I, then I called my friend immediately after like, I'm not like, this is, I, I can't continue like this anymore. Please get me help. And she called her friend, came over, took me to the hospital. And that was my last attempt. And this was 2016. What number of attempts was that? Was that the second attempt? No, that was my, maybe fourth. Okay. Fourth or fifth. Have they all been through pills? Yeah. Okay. And then when you, your friend took you to the hospital that time, was that when you were hospitalized? Yeah. Okay. And how was that experience? Oh my gosh. Okay. So I went to school for psychology. Um, Me too. And at the time, oh yeah. When you said black psychology, I was like, okay. <laughs> I was in psychology. And at the time when I attempted, I was in graduate school to get my doctorate. And I'm, I'm no longer in that program anymore, but to get my doctorate of clinical psychology. So having that information and that knowledge and then being hospitalized and going to the hospital and seeing how they're talking to people, how they're talking to me, um, how they force medication on you and like this really strange non-healing environment. It was terrible. <laughs> it was, I mean, it was terrible. It yeah. was horrible. Yeah. And I'm just like trying to advocate for myself because I know better because I'm actually in school to do this. And it was just like, take your pills and shut up, wow. you know, go to group, shut up. And then you can get out of here. And I'm like, I don't feel good about my dog. So like to that consistent advocating, but it taught me a lot. And it was like, oh, I, I need to do something about this because this is not healing anybody. Yeah. This, yeah, it was, it was whew, a lot. Yeah, I'm like for me, because originally I wanted to get my PhD. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I'm going to be a therapist. And then I had worked at an alternative girls school for grad school. And sometimes I want to take things that include classrooms that I cannot show to a high school. Level. Okay. So I was like, uh, being a psychologist is just me because I want to say something that is not being quote unquote professional, but it may be what you need to hear. So then I was like, okay, after being a fan, 
I was like, okay, let me become a you know, professor and let me teach on black psychology because I feel like so many more people need to know, know about this. Yeah. And I was learning different things, but then again, I agree with you in terms of like, okay, when somebody does need help, where do we send them and what are they actually getting and are they actually receiving the help that they need or, or are we just giving them medication until the rest of their life? You know, yeah. for me... I think that when we're talking about mental wellness, it needs to be looked at from a holistic standpoint. And so where is the spiritual part? You know, what are you doing spiritually? Where is all of that? Well, where are the earth as well? I feel like all that can be taken into account, but it's not. And so for me, it was like, what do I tell people? Read the DSM-5 and do the diagnosis, and then here's this medication. I didn't think that that was enough. And I had a recent podcast where I was on with Chef Aki, and we were talking about plant medicine. We had talked about ayahuasca, we had talked about mushrooms, we talked about all these different forms of plant medicines where some people may have been struggling with depression or other severe mental illnesses and they wanted something, a different option. And so we talked about plant medicines where you're in these spiritual ceremonies, having this spiritual experience where people are new change found beings from the spiritual experience. So it's definitely something that I recommend now. It's not really, really legal everywhere, but if you listen to that episode, you guys can definitely find out where to get that information. Um, so I definitely understand your perspective about like what exactly is happening here. Thank you for sharing. I know that there's probably a selfish thing out there that is probably going through depression right now and anxiety. And so that's why I'm really happy to have you talking about your own, your own spiritual journey and how that has enhanced your life. So give me a little background about like, how did you grow up? You know, was it like with religion? And if it was with religion, what kind of religion? Take me through that. Yeah, so I was born and raised Catholic, Roman Catholic. I'm from Baltimore, Maryland. A lot of people in Baltimore, especially a lot of black folks are Catholic, almost as if like it's in New Orleans, Louisiana, like a lot of black Catholics. Mm. I grew up um, Catholic. I was baptized. I went through the whole, like there's different rites and sacraments you go through. So like you get communion at a certain age and you get, you know, there's so many different ceremonies. So, so I did all of that. And I think in eighth grade, there was confirmation that's one of the next kind of ceremonies that you're like you're confirming that you're catholic you're confirming this is like your religion yeah. and everyone around me i went to catholic school so everyone around me was like oh yeah confirmation like yeah i'm prepared for confirmation i was like you know i don't think i want to get confirmed and i, <laughs> I think this is actually just something i should be thinking about more if i'm saying i'm confirming myself to a religion that i don't feel connected to and so i communicated that um, mm -hmm. to my family who are a bunch of catholics and some of my family was like, you're not going to get confirmed. It was just like saying I was atheist and I hated God. It was like, it was like I said that. And I was like, yeah. no, I'm still Christian. I just don't want to be Catholic. Like, and I went to Baptist church and it was a whole thing. Like people were upset. <laughs> like people were upset that I was not moving forward in this in Catholicism. And so I think after that, I never got confirmed and I just started exploring. And finally, when I went to college, I think that was the time where mm -hmm. I was able to dabble and I was in Atlanta. My family's in Baltimore. I'm like, oh, I'm going to go to a Baha'i temple, which is like, you know, kind of like all of the religions are accepted. And then I was like, maybe I should be Muslim. I was like, maybe like I was really studying and I was yeah. looking so many different religions and I still didn't feel fully set in anything yet. And I would say about three years ago, oh, I, I, I transitioned through atheism too. 
I was I was, I was an atheist at one point. <laughs> I think a lot of people just that's a pit stop. Like after Christianity, it's like actually none of this shit is real. <laughs> so I was yeah, I was definitely team atheism. None of this shit is real. Um, and then I was like, no, but this still doesn't feel right either. So I was just picking and trying different things, and then finally, about three years ago, my ancestors. It was like ancestors first. Like mm-hmm. think about your ancestors. And I had a friend. Um, actually, I didn't know her well, but I added her on Facebook and she was always talking about her ancestors and connecting with them and things her ancestors said. And I'm like, what you mean things your ancestors said? You mean like dead people like in your life? Like what? And so I started to study and I started to read and I started to talk to her. And then it was just like, I built an altar and now I'm here today with ancestors consistently around me and those are my best friends I always say like as a joke but like they are and my life changed like it just took so long for me I was picking and choosing and it didn't feel right finally I'm I'm home like I feel like I am home I like that question so you said that you know her well the person I was always talking about ancestors but you ended up DMing her do you know what you DMed her I don't remember because it was funny I actually didn't like her um which is like and she didn't do anything to me I think this is one of those things that sometimes as women um and especially as a black woman sometimes things around us always want to pit us against each other for no reason or we're supposed to see another woman and like automatically go to hating when you see their power and that's what I was on back then I was like she's stepping in her power and I don't like that because I haven't stepped into mine so I don't remember what I DM'd her but I know we started having a conversation and now we're friends like that's my boo but I'm glad. Yeah, it just happens. I like that you that though. I think that sometimes that is a thing where it's like maybe it is another woman that has stepped into her power and said, hmm, I don't know why I don't like her, but then you actually figure out why. And so I'm glad that you're able to be honest and authentic, authentic about that and how that didn't actually stop you from not communicating with her because obviously right. you gained a lot of things from just even interacting with her. So you said you started to read. Like, what were you reading? So I was reading, I'm over here like looking at my little books here. So I have like different ancestral books. I was really, really attracted to Orisha tradition, um, which I think many people are. And and Oshun, which I think many people are, which is a deity uh, in the Yoruba tradition, just for the folks who might not know. And so I think after Beyonce came out with Lemonade (laughs) and everyone was talking about Oshun, I was like, who is Oshun? What is going on? What is this? Yeah. And so I started to read some books about the Orisha tradition. I can't see it in my right now. I started to pack some up. Um, and so I felt really connected. And then I just connected with elders. I connected with priests um, of the tradition. Next thing I know, I'm all up in the tradition. I got my leggings. I'm like moving forward in the ceremony. And then I also um, was practicing hoodoo, yeah. which I found elders around as well and have elders around. Um, and that has been in tandem, the, the, hoodoo and ifa and my spiritualism practice who has just so yeah i practice basically three religions <laughs> at this point but they're all connected what three would you say they are yeah hoodoo um ifa and then um espiritismo i learned it through like a latino context but it's spiritualism basically and they all work together i was gonna ask you because i've heard of how do you say the last one espiritismo Espiritismo. So, in looking at Ifa or looking at Hoodoo, how does that one? I know they interact with each other, but what differences do you see with that one? 
Yeah, so spiritualism is just more so working with the dead, like working with spirits. So it's like, um, it's, it's more about what spirits are around you. How do you work with them? How do you assist spirits? How do spirits assist you? And more like building relationship with, with spirits. So that's more so what spiritualism, espiritismo is. When you were finding about Black Horse Girl and woman, and she was talking about her ancestors and you were like, what like the dead that was your first reaction but then after you began learning a little bit more about ancestor work what was your reaction after that so i was online a lot and i was looking at youtube videos on like how to build an altar and just like watching different things so i remember this woman i watched i wish i remember her name but i'll just never forget this and she was like if you see a lot of pennies that means your ancestors are around and i had never heard that before i didn't know but i was like okay i'll keep my eye out for a bunch of pennies yeah. So I set my altar up the way that she said, and I was sitting at my altar for the first time. It felt weird. I'm talking out loud. I feel like I'm talking to myself. I feel like, what am I, <laughs> what is this that I'm doing? And when I'm done the little session or whatever, I'm like, okay, that was cool. I guess I'm burning my candles and lighting incense. Yeah. And I stand up and I kid you not, pennies fell from me. Like pennies, like I'm getting goosebumps now. Pennies just fell like on the ground. And I was like, and I just bawled. I just bawled. I just bawled. I just bawled. And I was like, this is, this is, <laughs> this shit is real. <laughs> so then I, I'm crying. So then I'm like trying to clean up my space. And I pick up the mat that I was sitting on. And as I pick up the mat, pennies fall from the mat onto the ground. And that was my moment where I was like, I am where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. So like, I don't know, if I didn't hear nothing in this first time. I don't know if I felt anything, but my, they, my ancestors knew that all I knew to look for was pennies and yes. they showed me pennies. Yes. And I was like, y'all, I'm here. What y'all need me to do? This is real. <laughs> Question. So were the pennies there before? No, that's what I, that's why I was freaky. <laughs> that's why I was scary. There were no pennies. There were no pennies. Selfish babe. So like, what she had just given an example of, right? So she watched this YouTube video and the woman's like, oh, you know, your ancestors nearby when, you know, you see pennies, right? So they're probably like, her ancestors are probably like, oh, okay, she watching this video. That's good. Okay, we heard pennies. All right. So it looked like she like interested, right? So let's like show out and let's like show her these pennies because they understand that that's the connection. They understand that she just listen to this. So I'm going to show her this so that she understands that we are real. We're here. We're working with her. And for some people, especially just starting out, it is, I need to see it to believe it. I was the exact same way. I need to see it to believe it. Like I had mentioned Christian, then atheism, and then now, you know, really working with ancestor veneration as well as Ifa and honoring the Orisha as well. But it's like, I was a see it to believe it person. So for my first instance, I was with an Oshun Proust priestess and my friend was able to channel spirit really well. And so the Oshun priestess had brought down Oshun into my friend. And I was, and what people is, that's, I mean, AKA spiritual possession. Okay. But not in the like evil devilish way that people talk about. And so when I had seen that and I heard my friend talk and talking about things that have not happened yet, but that are going to yeah. happen, that's yeah. when I was like, hmm, <laughs> real. So just like, you know, Juju Babe, it's just like, 
we need to see to believe that there is another side of the world. There is an unseen world versus the yeah. physical reality that we see. And so they gave her something physical, which was those pennies, for her confirmation. One thing that I really love about when you are honoring your ancestors or going into your own personal spiritual work is the confirmations that you see, right? Because for example, if I'm sitting down my altar and I'm asking, please show me a sign that is very clear that is not going to harm or scare me, and I get that sign, then I'm like, okay. And the more that I do it, the more that I get you know, more signs. Right. And what does that do? That helps to develop my faith, right? Because now I'm like, I understand that this is real. Mm -hmm. I understand that just because I can't see it doesn't mean it's not happening. It's just like when we talk about affirmations as well, you may not be able to see those words leaving your mouth, right? But that is an energy that you're putting off into the universe hey. and the world. And then you're reciprocating that energy. So it's the same thing, just like she talked about conjuring, right? Same thing. You are creating your life. You are manifesting, right? But you're doing it in a way that feels right for you and for her. And even for me, honoring the ancestors is the way. But in order to get there, sometimes, you know, our ancestors have to show us stuff so that we understand that we are on the right path. And so that's when she became more into this work. Now, do you want to say anything else about that? Well, I do want to add, because I think sometimes people feel like their ancestors are, they've been like, I've been talking to my ancestors for a week and I ain't seen no panties and I didn't hear anything. And it's like, it, well, they might not necessarily be like, hey, you, it's me. Like, I'm here. It might not always be like that, but it's the subtleties. And we have to really pay attention and be open to the subtleties of life. When we feel we could be outside and the wind blows a certain way and you think about an ancestor, like, that's a thing too. Like, so it's really retraining. Oh, goodness. No problem. Go ahead. Um, it's really retraining our. Oh my God! Hold on one second. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> I'm like, I, need to, I forgot what I was saying. <laughs> so you were saying that it's really the subtleties, like the wind blowing. Yes, the subtleties, like the wind blowing, and you think of an ancestor, like that's them. That's why you thought of them in that moment. You know, yeah. when you feel the confirmations or like your intuitions telling you something is unsafe or it's good, and you go forward in it, and it's a blessing to you or you avoided something and you avoided some type of wild thing from happening like that's your ancestors talking to you so it is the subtleties as well i just don't want people to all think like well i no one tapped me on the shoulder you know i didn't see a ghost it's like well you might not see that but that doesn't mean that they're not there. i agree with that um there was one time i was uh with a group of people and um basically this group of people was all talking about something that i was doing mm -hmm. and i felt like that was like what I was supposed to be doing. But they were like, no, like this is wrong. And I'm not going into detail. But at that time I was very upset. And I walked outside and I was like, am I doing the right thing y'all ancestors? Can y'all show me a sign if I'm doing the right thing? If I'm on the right path, please show me a sign. And as soon as I said that a white butterfly flew by, okay? Yeah. And I said, okay, maybe this is it. And the right white butterfly flew around me. Okay, it went closer. Cause it was like, okay, this girl need more motherfucking confirmation. Yeah. Let's get to her. Yeah. So that is a subtlety, right? A exactly. butterfly or, you know, seeing a spirit animal or even she talked about the wind blowing. Like sometimes, you know, we could be really down or very confused based on other people's experiences or opinions. And sometimes we question, well, am I, if, is what I'm doing right? Because these people don't agree. And that, a lot of times that's what it is. These people don't agree. I'm the one forging a new path. I'm the one saying the opposite. So is this even right? 
And if it is right, let me know so I can continue this battle, right? I can continue this journey rather than saying, hey, I throw in my towel. Let me go agree with everybody else. Maybe this was right, you know? So I needed that confirmation in order for me to keep going and not feel like what I was doing was like wrong or the complete opposite. Exactly. How do you work with dead people? Oh, there's so many ways um, to work with dead people. I mean, because I'm a medium, which means I talk to dead people, I think it might be a little different than maybe folks who might not be a medium, but generally I'm going to my altar. I keep looking at it because they're like right here. Just like, hey. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I go to my altar and I pray. And so I talk out loud. I put uh, glasses of water out. Water's a portal. So water kind of helps call the spirit. Candles help call spirit. And so I use the elements. Um, I use the land to be able to connect with spirit. And for me, you know, my gifts show up as claircognizance, which is basically intuition. So very strong intuition. Clairsentience, um, one of my gifts as well, which is being able to feel spirit. So I can feel spirit, I can feel spirit's emotions. Um, So that's a lot of the ways that I do my readings for people. Um, And also dream, I'm a powerful dreamer, dream things that are gonna happen, see things that have happened, dream travel. And so that's kind of the some of the different ways that I communicate um, with spirit and how spirit communicates with me. With the dreams now, and you said you have seen things that have happened. When that first happened to you, how did you feel? Um, interestingly enough, I feel like it's been happening so long in my life. I never thought it was anything odd or, because like I've had gifts my whole life and I've, even as a Christian and being able to pray things into existence and through prayer. So I never was like, whoa, this is, it was just kind of like, yeah, I'm gonna pray things into existence. Yeah, if you have a pain, I'm gonna put my hands over it and and heal like minor aches in my friend. Like I was just doing that. So it wasn't, it actually, I didn't think it was really cool until more recently when people were like, what? And I'm like, oh yeah, okay. <laughs> I guess it's cool. <laughs> How do you like, because so for example, we're talking about connecting spirituality and how it's enhancing your life right so some people that may have those gifts such as being able to have a dream um mm-hmm. may not know how to really work with it to enhance their life yeah so for you how do you work with your dreams in order to enhance your life like do you request something before you go to sleep do when you wake up do you write it down like how do you actually interact with your gifts in order for you to enhance your life that's a good question. So I talk about this a lot in divination. Um, so yeah, asking questions before you go to bed, great way to strengthen the dream realm. Putting a glass of water by your bedside, great way to strengthen, not to drink, just for spirit, a great way to strengthen the dream realm. Um, some people write down prayers or things that they want answered and put it under their pillow. That's another way. When you wake up and you have a dream, writing it down immediately, kind of going like the first thing that you feel when you wake up, you're writing that down. Whatever you remember in your dream, you're writing that down. These are all practices to sort of strengthen communication through dreaming so that you're remembering the messages that you get. And over time, once you have a journal of little notes, it's like you can see patterns, you can see signs, you can see like, oh, maybe this is what they've been trying to show me. Or maybe I keep dreaming about this person. Maybe I need to communicate something with them. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many different ways to interpret, but yeah, that's, that's some of the ways that I've used dreaming um, for myself. I like that. I know like sometimes I'll see different animals in my dreams. Mm-hmm. The owl, like the owl is definitely a spirit animal of mine. I'll be like, oh, like what does it mean when you see an owl in your dream? This is like Googleable shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when you see an owl in your dream or this or that. And so that's another way, selfish babe, if you are having a dream and you keep seeing a certain type of animal, you know, what does that animal mean? What is the spiritual connection between you and that animal? So that's another suggestion. 
I want to ask you about, let's say that you're diving into like the spiritual work and you're using this for your everyday life. How do you protect yourself? Ooh, a lot of ways. So I'm a prayer warrior. I always say like, I am such a prayer. I pray all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Affirmations, prayer, intention, whatever you want to call it. Like I put things out into the universe, period. Um, and so protection prayers is like one of my, I'm consistently praying to be safe. I'm consistently praying for like that I'm coming across the right people, that I'm safe in the car. Like I'm always doing that. So I always tell people like pray, set intention, talk about, say what you want. If you want to be safe, put out in the universe safety, like around you. Imagine being in a safety, a protective bubble. Um, you can do that. I imagine like a fiery wall being around me. And that's something that we do in Hoodoo, fiery wall of protection. So like you literally imagine fire being around you that nothing is able to penetrate that's not supposed to. And anything that does, don't get burned if it's trying to mess with you. So that's another way. Also, there's protective crystals. People carry crystals like black tourmalines and onyx and tiger's eyes and amethysts. There's so many different herbs and roots that we can use for protection. Spiritual baths with rue and hyssa. I mean, there's just, there's a ton of different things that we can do for protection, but the easiest thing to do is say you're protected and pray and, and speak that affirmation of protection over yourself. That's your favorite way? That is my favorite way. Because I'm a prayer warrior. <laughs> What's your next favorite way? Because you mentioned spiritual baths. Yeah, so spiritual baths are super important. Spiritual hygiene is super important because everything is energy, meaning everything out in the world, when we're going out, interacting with people, that's all their energy all up on you, which you may, that you may like or you may not like. Through sex, you're exchanging energy, which you may like, which you may not like after. So it's like consistently making sure that you're washing yourself of unwanted energy. So that um, and using protective herbs, like I was saying, basil is a good one. Rue is a good one. Hyssop is a good one. Um, gosh, the angelica root is a good one. Um, mint, is, there's so many lemon balm to clear away things. So, spiritual baths are great, 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 and also pretty easy to do. Now, for you, for me, what I usually do, let's say we talk about basil because basil is my favorite, and it's, a, it's the first one I was ever actually introduced to. I will take some cool water, I'll get the basil leaves, I'll rinse it and rub it, you know, rub the basil leaves until the water turns green. And then I'll say my protective prayer, whatever I want over it. Then I strain it just because I don't really, sometimes I don't like the leaves in it. And after I, sometimes I pour it in my bath, but I also leave some out and I get out of my bath and then I rinse off with that after I have cleaned. And then I go to bed and I wear all white. What is your way of doing it? That's literally exactly what I do. (laughs) Um, I will dump over my head sometimes, or I don't normally sit in my bath. I normally just like to pour it over me. Yes. So off. Uh, but yeah, that's that's literally <laughs> the same thing. <laughs> I don't always, I'm not always good with putting all white on, but I don't have to necessarily, but it is like extra oomph when you put that all white on after the spiritual path. <laughs> I like that. And then now if I'm thinking about, I want more money or I want more, you know, manif- I want to get more funds. Like, what would I be doing? What should I be doing? Woo! First of all, I wish people would stop saying they're broke, even if they're broke. Yeah. Like, the first thing is words. Your words matter. Your words are energy. Your words are magic. They penetrate the universe. People, spirits, things hear that. So the, my first thing around money manifesting is stop walking around here saying that you are broke and that you don't have enough. Mm-hmm. If you want to buy something and you can't afford it, don't say, oh, I'm too poor. I can't get that. Just say, I'm not going to use my money for that right now. Yeah. So you have and just- don't say it's too expensive because one day that's just not going to be expensive for you. Right. 
or it's going to go on sale or whatever. So just say, I, that's not what I'm going to use my money for. Yeah. And that is a neutral way to say, I might not got it or whatever, but you're not putting it out in the universe that you don't have enough. Exactly. So calling in abundance, like walking in abundance, honestly, people think it's just like some foo-foo shit. It's just that. Because yeah. once I changed my attitude about money, I started getting money. Yeah. And obviously, you know, I did work and I went to my ancestors. I put money on my altar all the time so they can flip it for me. Like I do the spiritual things to pay off spiritual debts, but also like I watch my words. Yeah. Also, you know, you can carry around a little cinnamon, carry around a little nutmeg. Where do you put the cinnamon nutmeg? You can put it in a little satchel. You can put it, um, sprinkle some in your wallet. Um, there's so many good money herbs. I definitely recommend people look up some good money or bay leaves. You can write how much money you need on a bay leaf and burn it. You can put it on your ancestor altar. Yeah, there's so many different there's so many different money workings. But the biggest thing is changing your energy and believing that you are worth the money that you're calling it. Yes. That I definitely agree like the mindset and the money mindset is so important because people have like a poor man mentality and it's just like we don't have to walk around like that at all. So I'm really glad that you mentioned mindset and I'm glad that you mentioned the money herbs like cinnamon and nutmeg. The reason why she mentioned that is because they have an energy that is strongly connected to money and manifesting money in abundance, which is why if you wanted, you would use that herb or sprinkle it in your wallet. Why? Because you want the money in your wallet. So that's one thing that she had mentioned. And I'm guessing or affirming that when you talk about hoodoo, it's a lot of times using the roots, correct? Yes, 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 yes. It's all about that. And it's also, let me add, you know, sometimes people think it always is about a money spell, which is cute. But, you know, ancestrally, our ancestors were also using food as, as a way to manifest. You know, kitchen witching is a thing. So collard greens are, is a really powerful money vegetable. So make some collard greens as you're tearing, make them by hand. So as you're tearing them, speak in, ab- abundance into the food. Black eyed peas is another abundant um, energy of food. So that's why people make black eyed peas on New Year's Eve. They think they just do that because no, it's ancestrally tied because there's a connection to wealth in black eyed peas. So make some black eyed peas when you want some money in your life. Make some collard greens when you want some money in your life and speak abundance over it. Just go to the kitchen. <laughs> then you eat, right? Then you eat right? Yep. Share some with your ancestors on the altar too. Absolutely. I like that. Cool, cool, cool. Absolutely. I like that a lot because I really wanted to connect like how can we use spirituality to actually enhance our lives. So I'm glad that you talked about money. I'm glad that you talked about pr- protection. And I'm glad that you talked about your mental well-being as well. And so if, uh, if you know that there's a selfish babe out there that wants to connect more with her spirituality, what is the first step that you would give her? Hmm. I would go and I'm like team ancestors. <laughs> so I would always go to my source. Like that is, that's who I'm from. We are all a compilation of somebody, of people. Yeah. And so I always want to just go back to, I can connect to that. That's not something that's too far off yeah. for any of us. Cause we all are our ancestors. Yeah. So I would, I would start with an altar. I would start with a space. And even if you're like weary about an altar, like that seems scary. Cause I think people feel a little scared when they hear altar. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, I get it. Uh, so just even just conversation, like think in your mind, imagine your family being around you and protecting you because they are literally <laughs> like all of us. Our ancestors are at all of our backs. Yes. So being more intentional about being like, oh, hey, y'all, like, okay, I'm wanting to connect. I don't know what I'm doing yet, 
but I just know that I want to connect with my source. Yeah. So I always guide people, ancestors, 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 ancestors. And then when you're ready to build your altar, start to do the studies. I talk about it on my podcast, how to do that. There's different ways. I teach the way I was taught um, and start to create intentional time to find meditative time to, to really talk to your people, your ancestors, let them give you guidance, let them say, no, you shouldn't be doing that. Yes, you should be doing this. Yes, there's money over here. No, it ain't no money. And that's a no waste your time. Yeah, and I like that you really talk about the imaginative piece, especially when I talk about manifestation. Like, you're like, okay, we're working with our ancestors, but I don't see them right now, right? So, the fact that we're talking about imagining them surround you, even when you were talking about the protection work, you talked about the firewall, imagining that there's a firewall around you, and if anybody was trying to come through it, they would get burned, right? Because they're trying to mess with you. And so, a lot of times, again, We are working in the unseen. So a lot of times we have to go here. We have to visualize it. We have to imagine it. But a lot of times we think that we have no power in that or no power in our mind where you have all the power in your mind and your heart. And so it's very important to start using your spiritual gifts in that way. Your imagination is a spiritual gift. What can you actually project out into this reality? What can you speak out into your reality? And that's being basically like you had mentioned, you're a conjure conjure woman just by doing that. Thank you so much for letting us know how spirituality has enhanced your life. I want you to tell all the selfish babes where they can find you and what you offer them because you mentioned doing readings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, and I just want to say thank you to you. This is such a great interview and I love <laughs> all your insights, everything you're saying. I'm like, yes, yeah, <laughs> Um. So, uh, yes, Juju Bay, my whole site, it's, it's jujubay.com, I-T-S-J-J-U-B-A-E. And on there, I offer readings. So I do 30-minute spiritual readings, one-hour spiritual readings, and basically helping people connect with their ancestors, giving you the messages that your ancestors are coming through. People are like, I don't hear them. Okay, well, you can come to me. I'll give them. And I'll tell you what they're saying to you and then give you some advices, give you some prescriptions that they may have for you to get you more in alignment, to find your, your peace and to find you, get you on a good path to your destiny, which we all have powerful destiny. Mm-hmm. Um, so I also have a podcast we talked about a little juju podcast mm-hmm. on most major platforms where I talk about this this stuff this content this connecting with spirit and also just being a young person and yes. trying to do like ancestral work and work with elders but also being young and wanting to have a hot girl summer and be fun and <laughs> you know like the stuff we deal with so yeah. just kind of merging those worlds together um, and yeah, that's how folks can find me. A little Juju podcast. It's Juju. Oh, I'm at it's Juju Bay at T-S-J-J-P-A-E on Instagram, and then I have a podcast page, a little Juju podcast on Instagram as well. Juju Bay on Facebook. Just Juju Bay. I, I'll pop up. <laughs> and people reaching you for a reading. Do they go to your website? Like, where do they go yes. to book the reading? Yes, to schedule a reading, you go to my site. You click Book a Divination at the top, and then you get to see my schedule. You pay, click it, and there we go. I like that. How old are you, love? Oh, 27. I'm 27 too. Oh, hey, 27 club. <laughs> I'm an Aquarius. I know you're a Capricorn, right? Am I right? No, I'm Cancer. I'm cancer, sorry. I know it's not oh, about me. me. <laughs> All right, so you're a Cancer and I'm a Cap- I'm an Aquarius. So yeah. I just remember that. Um, I had another question. Oh, and that question. Um, also for our podcast, we do have a section in the Selfish Babe app where we do have podcasts. So I'll definitely be adding a little juju podcast to the selfish babe app so if you need to know where to get it after today today's august 8 2019 it should definitely be inside the app by the end of day probably about 10 p.m eastern standard time so if you want to check it out definitely just click podcast you find her she's going to be there and you can start listening either in apple and all the other ways that she streams her podcast so thank you beautiful for joining
Thank you so much. This is great. Hey, beautiful. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Selfish Babe Selfish Talk podcast. If you feel like this episode has helped you in any way and you think that it could be impactful to a girl or a woman that you know, definitely send this episode to her. Also, make sure to download our Selfish Babe app to receive self-love inspirational messages throughout your day found in the Google Play Store and the Apple App Store. You can also head over to our website, SelfishBabe.com, to join the community. Follow at SelfishBabes with an S on Instagram. Or you can also follow me on Instagram at OlinyGayLC. I affirm that you have an amazing day. I will connect with you on the next episode. And I love you. Mwah.